0: When I Was Dead, by Vincent O'Sullivan. That was the worst of Ravenel Hall. The passages were long and gloomy, the rooms were musty and dull, and even the pictures were sombre, their subjects dire. On an autumn evening, when the wind soughed and wailed through the trees in the park, and the dead leaves whistled and chattered, while the rain clamoured at the windows, small wonder that folks with gentle nerves went astraying in their wits. An acute nervous system is a grievous burden on the deck of a yacht under sunlit skies. At Ravenel, the chain of nerves was prone to clash and jangle a funeral march. Nerves must be pampered in a tea-drinking community, and the ghost that your father, with a skin full of port, could face and never tremble sets you, in your sobriety, sweating and shivering. Or, becoming scared, the poor ghost, of your bulged eyes and dropping jaw, he quenches expectation by not appearing at all. So I'm left to conclude that it was tea which made my acquaintance afraid to stay at Ravenel. Even Wilvern gave over, and as he is in the guards and a polo player, his nerves ought to be strong enough. On the night before he went, I was explaining to him my theory, that if you place some drops of human blood near you and then concentrate your thoughts, you will, after a while, see before you a man or a woman who will stay with you during long hours of the night and even meet you at unexpected places during the day. I was explaining this theory, I repeat, when he interrupted me with words senseless enough which sent me fencing and parrying on my guard. I say, Alistair, dear chap, he began. You ought to get out of this place and go up to town, knock about a bit. You really ought, you know. Yes, I replied, and get poisoned at the hands of bad food and at the clubs by bad talk. No, let me say that your care for my health enervates me. Well, you can do as you like, says he, wrapping his feet on the floor. I'm hanged if I stay here after tomorrow. I'll be staring mad if I do. He was my last visitor. Some weeks after his departure I was sitting in the library with my drops of blood by me. i had got my theory nearly perfect by this time but there was one difficulty. The figure which I had ever before me was the figure of an old woman with her hair divided in the middle and it fell down to her shoulders, white on one side and black on the other. She was a very complete old woman but, alas, she was eyeless, and when I tried to construct the eyes, she would shrivel and rot in my sight. But tonight I was thinking, thinking, as I had never thought before, and the eyes were just creeping into their head when I heard a terrible crash, as if some heavy substance had fallen to the floor. All of a sudden, the door was flung open and two maidservants entered. They glanced at the rug under my chair, and at that they turned a sick white, cried on God, and huddled out. "'How dare you enter the library in this manner?' I demanded sternly. "'But no answer came back from them. "'I started in pursuit. "'I found all the servants in the house gathered in a knot at the end of the passage. "'Miss Pebble,' I said smartly to the housekeeper, "'I want these two women discharged tomorrow. "'It's an outrage. You ought to be more careful.' "'But she was not attending to me. "'Her face was distorted with terror. "'Ah, dear, ah, dear,' she went. "'We'd better all go to the library together.' Am I master of my own house, Miss Preble? I inquired, bringing my knuckles down with a bang on the table. None of them seemed to see me or hear me. I might as well have been shrieking in the desert. I followed them down the passage and forbade them with strong words to enter the library. But they trooped past me and stood with a clutter round the hearth rug. And three or four of them began dragging and lifting as if they were lifting a helpless body. "'and stumbled with their imaginary burden over to a sofa. "'Old Soames, the butler, stood near. "'Poor young gentleman,' he said with a sob. "'I've known him since he was a baby, "'and to think of him being dead like this, and so young too.' "'I crossed the room. "'What's for this, Soames?' I cried, "'shaking him roughly by the shoulders. "'I'm not dead. I'm here. Here!' "'As he did not stir, I got a little scared. "'Soames, old friend!' I called, "'Don't you know me? Don't you know the little boy you used to play with?' "'Say I'm not dead, Solmes. Please, Soames!' "'He stooped down and kissed the sofa. "'I think one of the men ought to ride over to the village for the doctor, Mr Solmes "'says Miss Pebble, and he shuffled out to give the order. "'Now, this doctor was an ignorant dog, "'whom I had been forced to exclude from the house "'because he went about proclaiming his belief in a saving God, "'at the same time that he proclaimed himself a man of science.' He I was resolved should never cross my threshold, and I followed Miss Pebble through the house, screaming out in prohibition. but I did not catch even a groan from her, nor a nod of the head, nor a cast of the eye, to show that he had, she had heard. I met the doctor at the door of the library. Well, I sneered, throwing my hand in his face, Have you come to teach me some new prayers? He brushed by me as if he had not felt the blow, and knelt down by the sofa. rupture of a breast vessel on the brain, I think,' he says to Soames and Miss Pebble after a short moment. "'He's been dead for some hours, poor fellow. "'You'd better telegraph for his sister, and I will send you up the undertaker to arrange the body. "'You liar!' I reeled. "'You whining liar! How have you the insolence to tell my servants that I am dead when you see me here, face to face?' "'He was far in the passage, with Soames and Miss Pebble at his heels. "'Here I'd ended, and not one of the three turned round.' all that night I sat in the library. Strangely enough, I had no wish to sleep, nor during the time that followed had I any craving to eat. In the morning the men came, and although I ordered them out, they proceeded to minister about something I couldn't see. So all day I stayed in the library, or wandered about the house, and at night the men came again, bringing with them a coffin. Then, in my humour, thinking it shame that so fine a coffin should be empty, I lay the night in it and slept a soft, dreamless sleep, the softest sleep I have ever slept. And when the men came the next day, I rested still, and the undertaker shaved me, a strange valet. On the evening after that, I was coming downstairs when I noticed some luggage in the hall, and so learned that my sister had arrived i have not seen this woman since her marriage, and I loathed her more than I loathed any creature in this ill-organised world. She was very beautiful, I think, tall and dark and straight as a ramrod, and she had an unruly passion for scandal and dress. I suppose the reason I disliked her so intensely was that she had a habit of making one aware of her presence when she was several yards off. At half past nine o'clock, my sister came down to the library in a very charming rap, and I soon found that she was as insensible to my presence as the others I trembled with rage to see her kneel down by the coffin my coffin but when she bent over to kiss the pillow I threw away control a knife which had been used to cut string was lying upon a table I seized it and drove it into her neck she fled from the room screaming come come she cried her voice quivering with anguish the corpse is bleeding from the nose I cursed her On the morning of the third day there was a heavy fall of snow. About eleven o'clock I observed that the house was filled with blacks and mutes and folk of the county who came for the obsequies. I went into the library and sat still and waited. Soon came the men and they closed the lid of the coffin and bore it out on their shoulders. And yet I sat feeling rather sadly that something of mine had been taken away I could not quite think what it was, for half an hour perhaps, dreaming, dreaming, and then I glided to the hall door, there was no trace left of the funeral, but after a while I sighted a black thread winding slowly across the white plain. I'm not dead, I moaned and rubbed my face in the pure snow and tossed it on my neck and hair. Sweet Cod, I'm not dead.